as we continue this series today, I want you to understand that there are a lot of people who have this feeling, who have these thoughts that if they were to personally meet Jesus, that Jesus would not like them. Not only would Jesus not like them, but Jesus would not accept them. A, a guy named David Kinneman did some research recently with 16 to 29-year-olds around the nation, and he discovered that 87% of 16 to 29-year-olds said the reason they don't want to go to church is because the church is filled with hypocrites who are just going to judge them. If I go to church, the people are just going to judge me, so I don't want to go to church. And first of all, I want you to understand that the hypocrite argument is not a very good argument. Listen, if, if we're not going to go somewhere because of hypocrites, then we're not going to go very many places at all. Come on, I mean, you know, if we, if we, we don't go somewhere because of hypocrites, you're not going to go to work tomorrow. We're not going to go someplace because there are hypocrites. You're not going to go to the grocery store. If you're not going to go someplace because there are hypocrites, you're not going to go to the ball game. You're, you're, you're not going to go to school. If you're not going to go in places because there are hypocrites, come on, some of you can't go home. So, so that, that's, that, that's what I'm pointing out to you is that's not the real issue. The real issue with many people on, on, on the reason they don't go to church is they believe they won't be accepted. Accepted. And we all want to be accepted. People believe they go to church that they won't be accepted by the church people. And, and even deeper, a lot of people believe they won't be accepted by, by Jesus. They think if I go to church, Jesus is just going to judge me. If I go to church, I'm telling you, Pastor, I'm telling you, if I go to church, people that I'm telling Jesus would not like me. He would not accept me. I mean, if you knew my issues, I'm telling you, Jesus would not like me. If I go to church, Jesus is just going to judge me and condemn me. I'm telling you, I've got so many skeletons in the closet. I mean, Jesus is not going to, not going to accept me. I'm tell, if I go to church, you've heard friends say this, if I go to church, I, I'm telling you, lightning's going to strike me. If I go to church, if I darken the doors of a church, the roof's going to cave in. And if you're here at one of our locations today and you're new to church, you're kind of just checking out Christianity and you're kind of nervous about the roof caving in or lightning striking, you're okay. We got lots of people here. If that was going to happen, it would already happen by now. Come on, I just want, I just want, come on, I'm just, I just want you to be at ease today. You're in the right place today. But I'm not going to go to church because, because I think Jesus will judge me and Jesus wouldn't like me. And so what people do is they avoid church. They avoid Jesus. But, but, but the interesting thing is this, when you read the Bible and you read about the Jesus in the Gospels and the Jesus you meet in the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, can I tell you, this Jesus in the Gospels is irresistible. He's an irresistible Jesus. He loves and welcomes sinners. He accepts people's, people with hurts, habits, hang-ups, and issues. He's irresistible. A couple of years ago, my family went to Disney World, and when we were at Disney World, and, and if you've ever been there before, 
it can get awfully crowded, very busy, long lines. You can be in one line for 20, 30, 40 minutes, hour, hour and a half in one line. And we were at the Buzz Lightyear ride. Line was long. We were waiting with our four little kids in line. And the line was moving and moving and we're waiting in this long line. And here we are. We got to the place where we could see Buzz. We're getting close. We're getting excited. And the next thing you know, I hear screaming. I hear screaming and pandemonium. I mean, it's going crazy. And I look back, and one of my little children, they're screaming, and the crowd around is screaming, what's that? What's going on? What's that? What's that? What is that? What is that? They're screaming. And one of my little children could not hold it, and they wouldn't pot it right there. And the buzz light your line. I'm not talking about a little potty. I'm talking about a puddle on the floor, on the, in the line, and people are screaming and yelling. My child is screaming and yelling, and I proceed to say in the buzz light your line to my child, do you know we how long we've been waiting? Why didn't you go to the bathroom before? Didn't you know you have to go? Listen, go clean yourself up. Go. I don't care how little you are. Get out the line. I'm not losing my place in this line, child. Go get yourself cleaned up. But, Daddy, I don't have no money. I don't care if you don't have no money. That's not what we did. No, we, we love our children. We grabbed our child and hugged and got pee-pee all over us. Well, Tiffany did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tiffany grabbed our child and picked up our child. I kind of did the fathering. Are you Okay. You okay? They love you. You okay? And Tiffany got pee pee all over her. The child's got pee pee, pee pee all on the floor. Everybody's screaming. But you know what? We love our children. And we helped our child. What do you do when your life's a mess and you can't clean yourself up? What do you do when you look at your life and you look all around and it's a mess? And there's no way that you can clean your own self up. And I tell you, there's a loving God who wants to step in and who loves you and who wants to help you, just like we helped our child. I want to give you three reasons why Jesus is irresistible. Three reasons why Jesus is irresistible. And I want to unpack several verses in Matthew chapter 9, verse 9 through 13. We're going to dissect this portion of Scripture. Matthew chapter 9, verse 9 through 13. And the first reason that Jesus is irresistible is Jesus pursues us while we are not okay. He pursues us while we are not okay. I want you to notice this in Matthew chapter 9 and verse number 9. It says, as Jesus went on from there. He saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him, and Matthew got up and followed him. I don't want you to miss this because you can easily read that verse and miss all of the insight and power that's in this verse. There's so much 
just revelation and power in this verse. I want you to catch this. Matthew did not go to Jesus. Jesus went to Matthew. You see, for so many years, the perception has been that man needs to pursue the Lord in the proper fashion if they want to have a relationship with the creator of the universe. But, but you see, the story of the Bible, the story of Jesus is never a story of man pursuing God. It's always a story of God pursuing humanity. And this is very important for us to understand today. Matthew did not go looking for Jesus. Jesus went looking for Matthew. Another reason this is very important is because Matthew was a tax collector. You see, in those days, during that time period, Rome had all the military power. And Rome would go into countries and dominate them by using their, their troops and, and their forces. And they would take over places like Israel and like Jerusalem. And the Roman government would set up tax districts throughout the areas. And so the Roman government had, did, had done that. They had, they, had, they had invaded. They had overtook them. They had set up tax districts in the areas. And, and then they would put chief tax collectors over the providences, over the region. Some of you that are familiar with the Bible, like you've heard of Zacchaeus, the chief tax collector. And they would put tax collectors, chief tax collectors over the regions and districts. And, and Rome wanted a, a quota. They had a quota that every ta chief tax collector had to meet. Now, after they met their quota, Rome didn't care what the chief tax collector did as long as they got their part. And so the chief tax collectors, because they have the power and the authority of the Roman government and the Roman troops, they would actually go and they would overcharge people. They would literally cheat people and overcharge them with their taxes. And so many of the chief tax collectors became very, very wealthy by ripping off people. And the Jewish people, they hated chief tax collectors. They, they despised tax collectors. They vilified tax collectors. They didn't want anything to do with tax collectors. They didn't want to eat with them. They didn't want to have relationship with them. They didn't even want tax collectors in their worship services. They didn't want them at the temple. They just despised them because, you see, many of the Jewish people lost their businesses lost their fishing businesses, lost their homes because of these tax collectors who were overtaxing them. And then one of the worst things that ever happened was some of the Jewish people recognized how lucrative it was to be a chief tax collector. And they endeared themselves to the Roman government and they became chief tax collectors themselves. And some of the Jewish people would go amongst their own people as a chief tax collector and rip off their own people. And there's this guy named Matthew, a Jewish boy who's a, now a tax collector working for Rome. And he is, he is cheating his own people. He is, he's misusing them. He's overtaxing them. And no doubt about it, some of his own family did not like him. Some of his neighbors did not like him. There were people in the Jewish community, community that hated him because of what he was doing. And he has partnered up with the Roman government to persecute them and to overtax them. And the reason I give you all of this info is so that you can understand that Matthew was considered one of the worst of sinners in the eyes of the Jews. And Jesus pursues Matthew just like 
he is. He doesn't wait for Matthew to retire from his tax collecting business. He doesn't wait for Matthew to clean up his life. No, no, no. Jesus pursues Matthew in the midst of his cheating, in the midst of his tax collecting, in the midst of him abusing his own people. What I want you to understand is this is the Jesus of the Gospels. He pursues us in the midst of our junk. He pursues us in the midst of our sin. He pursues us in the midst of our issues. The Bible says it like this in Romans 5 and verse 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, far from God, living wicked lives, Christ died for us. And he did not just die. He rose again, and he still pursues us today. Jesus is irresistible. He's not intimidated by your hurts, your habits, your hangups, your issues. He pursues you right where you are. That's the Jesus of the gospel. He's irresistible. There's a second, there's a second insight I want you to see from the text of why Jesus is so irresistible. Number two is this. Jesus desires to be a part of our lives while we are not okay. While we are not okay, Jesus desires to be a part of our life. And Jesus says to Matthew, when he pursues him, he says, Matthew, come follow me. And I can just see Peter, James, and John, whom Jesus told to come follow him in Matthew chapter 4. So five chapters earlier, he calls Peter, James, and John and says, follow me. And they become followers of Jesus. And I can just hear those three boys. Whoa, Jesus. Whoa. Come here for a second, Jesus. Come here, come here, come here. Do you know who he is? Do you know what he does? Do you know how the people feel about him? You got the wrong dude. You meant call somebody else. He's a tax collector. I can only wonder what Matthew was thinking. When Jesus says, come, follow me, Matthew is no doubt has heard about this Jesus, this Jesus of Nazareth, the Jewish carpenter. Keep in mind that, that most of the Jews, they, they hated and despised tax collectors like Matthew. And here is Jesus, a Jewish carpenter. And no doubt he's heard about Jesus who performs miracles. He, he's heard about this Jesus who everybody is calling the Holy Son of God. And Matthew, no doubt, has thoughts coming through his mind. I can just imagine as he's thinking to himself, you know what, this Jesus, I, I don't know about him because I think he's just going to talk to me and tell me I'm a horrible person. I think this Jesus is, is just going to call me just old rotten cheater, liar, you thief. Listen to me, Matthew, come follow me because you don't even deserve, you do not deserve to be in the Son of God's presence, you rotten sinner. Matthew's thinking, there's no way that this holy Son of God would ever like me and accept me and have a relationship with me. And yet the Bible says in Matthew chapter 9 and verse number 9, Jesus says, follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. And notice verse 10, while Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house. Jesus doesn't just tell Matthew, who is considered one of the worst of sinners in his day, to follow him. But Jesus actually goes to his house. 
for dinner. That's jaw-dropping. That's one of those moments you just go, wow. Jesus doesn't go and say to Matthew, Matthew, go clean up and then follow me. And then after you clean up, Matthew, then I'll come to your house and eat with you. That's not what Jesus says. Jesus simply says to Matthew, follow me just like you are. You see, Jesus loved Matthew. He liked Matthew. He accepted Matthew right where he was. This is very important because there's a prevailing idea in the church today that people have to come to church, have to come to Jesus a certain way. You have to come to church and to Jesus all cleaned up. You have to come to Jesus and church all dressed up and all neat and all nice and all together. But friends, this isn't the Jesus you see in the Gospels. The message of Jesus is come messed up, not go clean up. I want you to hear it again. The message of Jesus is come messed up, not go clean up. That's why Jesus is irresistible. He says to to, to, to Matthew, come just like you are. You come messed up, not you go clean up. And Jesus had a relationship with Matthew right where he was. I'm talking to somebody today. And you say, Pastor, I'm messed up. I got habits, hurts, hang-ups, and issues. When I clean up, I'm going to come to Jesus. No, 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 no. Jesus says, you come messed up. Not you go clean up. It's okay not to be okay. But it's not okay to stay that way. It's okay not to be okay if you're on your way to being okay. And that leads me to point number three. And number three is this. Jesus will help us clean up what is not okay. He will help us clean up what is not okay. I want you to notice this in Matthew chapter 9 and verse 10. It says, while Jesus was having dinner At Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. So now Jesus is not only hanging out with Matthew, who is hated by the people in his day. He's eating at Matthew's home. But on top of that, there are lots of sinners and tax collectors who are now at Matthew's house, and they're hanging out with Jesus. I mean, Jesus got to watch the company you're keeping. Do you know who you're hanging out with? And he's hanging out with the worst of the worst. And I, I find it just so amazing. Jesus is irresistible. Sinners were attracted. They were not repelled. They were not running from him. They were attracted to Jesus. And, and verse 11 says this in Matthew chapter 9, verse 11. It says, when the Pharisees, the religious people showed up, the church people showed up, They saw this. They asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors? Notice this, with tax collectors and sinners. Did you notice that these tax collectors were so hated that they got their own category? Everybody else, you're just sinners. Well, what about us? No, you're wicked. You're a tax collector. (laughs) Can you imagine having your own category? It says... Pharisee showed up and said, he's hanging with sinners and tax collectors. 
Can you imagine having your own category? You're so wicked, you got your own category. Jesus is hanging with teachers and sinners. He's hanging with coaches and sinners. He's hanging with business people and sinners. He's hanging with doctors and sinners. He's hanging with lawyers and sinners. He's hanging with stay-at-home moms and sinners. He's hanging with waiters and waitresses and sinners. Can you imagine being so wicked that you get your own category, tax collectors and sinners? And this happens in the church world sometimes. Church people can get so religious that they actually try to keep certain people away from Jesus. You're too messed up to be around Jesus and his church. You, you can't go to church like that. You can't go to church with those issues. You can't go to church dressed like that. But, but, that, but that's not the message of Jesus. Jesus says no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, come follow me. Come messed up, not go clean up. Come, 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 Matthew. Come with your messed up self. Come. Follow me. Notice verse 12, verse 12. Let's unpack it. Verse 12, Matthew 9, verse 12. The next verse says, on hearing this, Jesus said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. So the Pharisees asked, they asked Jesus, why is Jesus, actually they asked his disciples, <laughs> Jesus overheard, why, why is Jesus eating and hanging out with sinners and tax collectors? And Jesus said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, it is the sick. And when Jesus says this, he, is, he was not just referring to sinners and tax collectors. He wasn't just talking to the sinners and tax collectors. When Jesus said, it's the sick who need a doctor, he was talking to everybody who was present, everybody in the room, sinners, tax collectors, and the Pharisees. Jesus is simply saying, listen, you're all sick. Even you Pharisees who are steeped in religion, you're not as okay as you think you are. I came for sick people. I came for all the sick people. You're sick. You say, pastor, pastor, are you telling me that I'm sick? No, I'm not telling you that. Jesus is. Come on, we've all been sick. We, we, we've all been sick. Whom of us hasn't ever had a sick thought? Come on, you ever been in a sick relationship? You ever, your marriage ever been sick? Come on, you ever been sick at the job with your attitude? Come on, any of you ever had sick finances? You ever do something or say something to somebody and you think, where did that come from? Where did that come from? I don't do that. Where did that come from? You ever just look and say, that's sick. You ever had a sick addiction? A sick habit? The reality is we, we've, all, we've all been sick. We've all had hurts, habits, hang up, and issues. And Jesus said, I came for sick 
people, not to judge them or to condemn them, but to help them. The declaration of Jesus is come messed up, not go clean up, because when you come messed up, then I'll clean you up, because Jesus knows we can't clean ourselves up. We're a hot mess. We're sitting like at Disney World, and we're a mess. And Jesus says, listen, you think you can clean yourself up? You can't clean yourself up. The Word of God says your righteous acts are like filthy rags. You can't clean yourself up. Matthew, I know, you're in a mess. You're trapped. Matthew, you can't clean yourself up. So my message to you is not go clean up. No, my message is come messed up. And if you'll come to me messed up, then Matthew, I'll clean you up. But what I'm asking you to do is come to me. Come messed up, and then I'll clean you up. And that's the message of the gospel. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 19, the scripture says, Jesus called out to them, come follow me. You remember I told you a little earlier that in chapter 4, Jesus called some other disciples, Peter, James, and John. So he's calling the, the other disciples before he he gets to Matthew, and he calls out to them. Notice he has the same command for those other disciples. It was simply, come follow me. Come follow me. And notice this, and I will show you how to fish for people. Don't miss that one key word, I. And I, you can't do this yourself. And I will show you how to fish for people. Jesus showed up in Matthew's life and in the other disciples' life. And he says, listen, I'm going to teach you how to fish for people. And then Jesus pursued. He pursued Matthew right where he was. Jesus told Matthew to follow him, and Matthew did. I don't want you to miss this. One of the powerful things that you have to understand about this message I'm teaching you today is Jesus said to Matthew, as he says to so many people, come follow me right where you are. And the difference between Matthew and so many other people is Matthew did. Matthew did. He left his tax collector's booth and he followed Jesus just like he was. And because Matthew followed Jesus, you know what happened? Jesus began to clean up his sick ways. He began to clean up his sick life. And Matthew went from being a greedy, cheating, despised tax collector to being one of Jesus' disciples who preached the gospels, who performed miracles. And Matthew, who was a chief tax collector, who was wicked, who was a sinner, Matthew writes one of the books of the New Testament inspired by the Holy Spirit. And I'm preaching and teaching out of that book today because when you come to Jesus messed up, he'll take your life and clean you up day by day. And when you follow Jesus, it's amazing what he can do in and through your life. The message of Jesus is not go clean up. The message of Jesus is no, come messed up. Come follow me and watch what I do in your life day by day, week by week, month by month and the real question is will you follow Jesus is will you follow Jesus he's irresistible he's saying to you today come come just like you are 
I don't care what media has told you, Hollywood has told you, I don't care what religion has told you. The Jesus of the Gospels says, come messed up, and I'll clean you up. It's okay not to be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. Because Jesus, when you follow him, he'll take you just like he did Matthew, and he'll change your life. It's okay not to be okay if you're on your way to being okay. And the only way that happens is just like it did for Matthew. You have to follow Jesus.